0: hello and welcome to today's conversation of birding conversations we take the time and we speak to the people we want to speak about and hear all about mom's experience of their birth their lifestyle what could happen after birth and during pregnancy and we also want to touch on subjects that just people do not want to talk about And it's still very important to the listeners to listen to them. So for today's episode, it's my honor to welcome Amanda, Amanda Weiss.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. It's really a pleasure having you here. We got to know each other pretty recently, and there is so much we catched up in that short time. Amanda is a mom, and Amanda is in school for social work. Yep. And Amanda is currently moving (laughs) and in the middle of moving to be here for an episode. That's not easy. I truly, truly appreciate that. So Amanda, it's basically your stage. And when we met and we spoke, I know that unfortunately we didn't know each other seven years ago when you had an experience of postpartum depression. And I wish we would know each other then. But that makes me even more curious to hear your story and for listeners to hear your story. And if you want to tell me about yourself, about how the birth of your child came, what happened. so
1: just let's talk. Okay, so I um, experienced what I didn't know was postpartum at the time, seven years ago, after the birth of my third child. Um, I had had two previous children, they were much older. So this was my first baby after 13 years, second marriage. So I was blessed to have another one. And it was quite a different experience than the other two. I was in my twenties, first of all. So everything's a little bit easier when you're in your twenties. Um, it wasn't, you know, my pregnancies were always pretty difficult, but my labors were pretty, pretty easy. Bounced back in two days. And I was pretty two days, Yeah, two days, yeah. I had natural delivery, pretty good to go. This one was um, an emergency C-section after thirty hours of almost thirty hours of labor, um, and unfortunately, it ended with a uh, an emergency C-section. And I will tell you, it knocked me to a different universe. Um, so the birth was traumatic. The birth was very traumatic. Yeah, the birth was hugely, hugely traumatic. I I could tell you honestly that I unfortunately. Do not think back with fond memories on that. If you ask still. It, still and we're talking seven years later. It was, I think I, I I still have like a physical sort of shaking reaction when I think about it. It was a mm. very, very traumatic we need To talk about that. It was a very traumatic, traumatic experience from start to finish. Um but and pregnancy was just so preg- as good so, as with the others. So pregnancies for me are always difficult. I do I do go into preterm labor. Um, but Thank God, I usually have very, the la, the the fruit first two, pretty easy, you know, easy labors, four hours, and they were both, you know, out. Um, and like I said, they were both natural deliveries. So this one, I was already 13 years older. I was in my late 30s. Um, I was about 38. Um, and um, I, yeah, the whole experience, 30 hours was nothing I had ever even dreamed that I would be going you know, through and then to have an emergency C-section was such a from a mom who had already been through to and I'm thinking, oh, I got this. And I'm to have an emergency C-section is already, you know, we all have our set of sort of what we expect, expectations that right. we're going to. And like then the- it was a complete the recovery was just the most complete and utter. I I don't even want to use the word, but but like really worst experience I've ever had um so what happened
0: you gave birth
1: i gave birth i um felt like i had gotten hit by a mac truck um so first of all you have the physical recovery which you're not used to i was in no way used to that because like i said i had two previous natural deliveries i was up two days later getting on with my life here i was completely like knocked to the ground physically emotionally I was just done. Even before I had even started, I was done. Here you go through the pregnancy, which is a hard pregnancy. Then you have this 30-hour labor. And then you have this baby now that you have to take care of. And you're dealing with so much of your own, A, expectations that were letdowns for this experience, and then B, I can't explain to you when it happened or how it happened, but something chemical definitely shifted, for sure. as a
0: result of the hormonal shift
1: I did not know what it was at the time but I can tell you that less than 24 hours after giving birth I had I was having this major anxiety panic attack in the hospital to the point that I had literally got up and it was 4 a.m. and I was walking the halls of the hospital my niece was with me and she was very young and I think I feel bad I think I, I really traumatized her I was walking the halls in the the nurses were like, What are you doing? You just had a C section. Like, go back to bed. And I felt like the walls of the hospital were legit closing in on me. I could not stay in the hospital. I needed out. I physically there was a, a physical reaction. Yeah, yeah, I,
0: I get that. I you're not the first one I that needed, shares that. I needed that, that. It feels very physical. It's physical. It's not something like okay, just tell you mind. It's like no, that urge it's
1: physically. Right. It's it's a physical. I, I I did not know what I was going through. I'm going to be very honest. So I, I let me preface by saying I wish I would have known seven years ago. I wish there would have been a sparks because was just you didn't know i didn't know i really you know because i think that the word postpartum is a word that is it's used sort of calmly you're a new mom oh you're postpartum you're but people don't postpartum is after is after birth but that doesn't mean that that, it's right that's what i'm saying you don't know the implications of just using the word postpartum so like i know when i got home a few days later i was not myself
0: and what happened that night when you got up at 4 a.m.? So I was. How well, did that trip end it?
1: It ended with the nurses saying to me, like, I, I, I wanted to push the. I remember wanting to push the elevator button and get on and just call my husband and say, get me out of here. But I had a baby upstairs and. It, there was this grapple, it was I was in tears, I was in complete tears of this physical, physical need of needing to leave the hospital and this, like my my baby's upstairs. Like, what? Like, what am I doing? What am I gonna do?
0: The conflict,
1: right? And so I remember going back upstairs, and I just like got into bed. And I cried, and my niece was like, "I, what are we gonna do? Like, what are we like?" I could not. I said, "I have to go home. I have to get out of here. I need to go." Um, that resulted in my blood pressure being a little bit higher. Yeah. And um, I remember when the doctor came the next day. And, you know, they say every hospital has its prerequisites for you being able to go home for where I was. You're, you couldn't have high blood pressure. You had to, you know, be able to. And my pressure was high. And I remember the hearing the doctor said, well, my pressure's high. We don't know if we can send her home. And right away, like, I burst out into this, like, crying, like, I cannot stay here. I cannot stay here. I cannot stay here. I'm not staying here. I don't care. Someone needs to get me out of here. You felt like your mind is racing? Racing, racing and the yeah. level of anxiety like your heart is going to jump out of your chest and you just the walls are closing in i need out of and
0: you have no control over right
1: no control yeah now mind you i was always a little more of an anxious person by nature but it was very manageable and i was able to always this was something out of your comfort i didn't have to get of my comfort zone I didn't even my boys tell me now my older boys I did not remember this but when I had gotten home it was within the first few days and I'm a divorced mom so you know I my son remembers me telling him both my kids actually they remind me of this if I die don't worry you know you can live with Abba he loves you you don't and my kids were so traumatized they said you were so out of your mind mom like you. I was just a mess. You were just saying things you wouldn't say normally. I was saying things I wouldn't say. I was crying. I was. Yeah. I. And I remember people and I I couldn't be alone. You were struggling. I was beyond struggling. I couldn't be alone. I remember my mother came that night. She slept on the couch. She went home the next morning and I literally had to have friends like every two hours and shifts even have even folding laundry. I I Mm. couldn't. I couldn't do it myself. I needed to always have the silence it was just like I didn't know which end was up. It was too scary. It was too scary and you the, had no clue. No clue. People kept saying to me, "Oh, you're an older mom. This happens to older mothers. You're in, you're in your late 30s. Uh you're postpartum, but not with the post with the implications of what postpartum could you be. You
0: probably have postpartum anxiety."
1: So, if thank God for an aunt of mine who happens to be a therapist. I was talking to her on the phone. and I was like crying, and it was already a couple of weeks after. And I happened to have been on Xanax. I did go on Xanax because I was, which is an anti-anxiety. I could so not
0: cope. And function. who gave this to you?
1: Um, um, a, a, one of my primary care doctors. Primary care. Um, okay. which I'm not in love with. That part. No. But so it I'll worked. tell you, So I'll tell you honestly that. My primary care doctor, she should never. She's my sister-in-law, and I love her dearly. But when I would call her and tell her, like, "You're a new mother. You're good. You don't need to take anything," and why do I say that? Because I think people really don't understand the struggle that is literally going on in one's mind when they are going through it. It is so physical. It is like you literally want to like reach into your head and like turn off a switch or yank something out so that you stop. Like feeling the things that you're feeling, I can't even, I don't know that I can do justice. I hope I can to explain what it is. Um, But I can tell you that seven years later, I'm still not myself. Seven years later, I still suffer from anxiety that is like
0: off we, the charts. Uh, we we're going to take care of you. That's now now you know Sparks it, is here.
1: It's 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 so, just interesting to me how the
0: I can see I can see on your facial expression that when you talk about it it still feels very raw and fresh. It's so raw and fresh. As if it would just happen. And here mm-hmm. when I see you in a different setting not not talking about this you like you really such a lively person and full of life and so much to give and you still do it's not contradicting but when we speak about this particular it, i can still i can see on your face and your emotions it that it's a trauma i i see it still yeah. it's not it's not over
1: it's not over and, I and it needs
0: closure it
1: does and i think it's important for women at least for me and my journey i'm like i said i'm 7 years out and it's still Something I just learned about sparks and the real magnitude of postpartum and, and but I think I what one thing I want women to really know is it's not a failure on to us. I know a for listener. me as a mother, this was my third go around. I had had two teenagers at this time, and I'm going, what is wrong with me? I I, I what is wrong with me? I had two kids, two teenagers. I was divorced for many years. I managed to lead a very successful life. I had many what I, I cannot handle this like time of my and i'm not a person who sits down i am up i am going i am doing you cannot you cannot get me down that is not me um but i legit i don't think people really realize and today my husband still like he'll be like you're anxious like what does that even mean he doesn't even get
0: and the and the sad part is how much stigma and shame comes in the way and um and, and prevents
1: moms from reaching out 100%, to help. hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think it's the stigma. I think there's also getting the help, accessing the help, meaning where is the help? You know, let's get it out there. Let's make... Let's, uh, the awareness has to be there where I think also the word postpartum, like you said, people use the word postpartum after a woman has a baby. Yes, she's a postpartum mommy. Right. But I think we have to do more awareness and more sort of checking. What is she going through? Is she okay? Not
0: every postpartum is that smooth. Exactly. Yeah. And I've been talking about it on other episodes, so we're not going to talk about it again. But even within, postpartum where it's not that smooth there are different kinds we have the depression we have the anxiety we have the Mm -hmm. ptsd which is the post-traumatic stress disorder we have the ocd and we have the the bipolar and the psychosis so just talking about what you're saying about awareness and about how how much it's needed so
1: and it's not shameful um, we can't be ashamed to say like we're we're struggling and we need help Right.
0: It, it just, it shows on strength, not the opposite. And, and, and so many, and, and also to go to the right help, the right to help. the ones that know, if, if you know, I mean, the world is so up with it, with, a, with this lovely, her picture she looks like such a sweetheart, this nurse in uh, Massachusetts mm. that was a labor and delivery nurse and was on medication but something there was going wrong. She wasn't on the right medication. medication or the
1: right dose. Or- so
0: whom are you getting medication from? And she was in therapy. Right. And for the 20-minute errands that her husband took to go get her the new medication, she killed her three children. And when all neighbors and everyone around said that she was the example of being a mom, yeah. she was breeding her children, she loved her children, she dressed them... And that was the field. She was in labor and delivery. So that's what she dealt with all the time. So, of course, we cannot say it's her fault. But what this is teaching me, and I hope many others, done, sit in silence. So it is very real, like you say. And and you did what you had to for that moment. And thank God that worked. But I would like to hear more from you, Amanda. About from that point of being home and having everyone around you and feeling so not yourself, how did you reach the point of healing?
1: What I don't happened? I think I'm totally healed. I'm going to be very honest. I don't think I'm totally, I'm not myself still, seven years later. I don't think I'm totally myself. I, I, the anxiety is still there. To um, the extent that you had it. Not event. to that extent, but it is debilitating. I could tell you, like, there were times I used to commute for work and I would be driving through the Holland Tunnel and you know there would be like traffic or a little traffic jam and I would literally physically start to physically sweat and cry and and like open the door like I need I need out I need to get out of here
0: that same feeling that
1: same feeling and I need out like but there's a thousand cars how am I getting out of here but like and then turning on the air conditioner, blowing the air, trying to listen to music, something to like put a video on to just my mind, just like to, to you need to like just just what I need to get my I'm mind. I'm sorry
0: off. to hear that. What this is telling me again, how much reaching out for help and at early intervention and in, in the mm-hmm. in the right time and really completely heal is is so important. 100%. Now, there are, I mean, we're gonna talk about this privately, but there are tests to take to see to rule out other things. There isn't just like a one size fit all. Right. It's like a whole gestalt to look at and uh, and and see how mm-hmm. we can really help you to completely get out of it. But this is a very strong and painful message to other moms that you know, don't take the chance of just sitting around and waiting. It's going to completely heal by itself.
1: Yeah. Maybe
0: it will. Maybe it
1: won't. Maybe it will. Maybe. And it's something that affects not just the mom. It affects the whole family. I can tell you, my children were affected. My baby was affected because I felt like. Did you bond with your baby? So it's interesting. My other two I bonded with right away. Like this one, I felt like I couldn't do anything right. If I held him, he cried. I was, you know, and then that made me more anxious. And then my husband would pick him up and he would be fine, or my kids would go get him and he would be. And I just couldn't. I felt like I wasn't doing anything correctly. Um, Nursing was difficult. And then your mind just so A, you have the anxiety now, like, what am I doing wrong? You have your set of expectations. You are a repeat mom. This is not going according to plan, like what's wrong with me here? So then you start to spiral because now you're like, you have this chemical thing that's literally just been set off in your brain. Now you have your own set of sort of expectations that have gone completely nothing like you ever, you know, thought they were going to. So you kind of have this perfect storm. um, And like you said, what, okay. So let's talk about the help and the awareness for me, my personal thing. I was very fortunate to have some really amazing friends um, who didn't leave me alone, um, who said to me at some point, Okay, you're struggling. You are really struggling. You are not yourself. Um, you you need to like do something. You need to and I remember for me the thought of like going on meds was like meds, don't do that. Like I come on, me? I was divorced 10 years. I worked two jobs, raised two kids, like school, like you want me to go on meds, like, but I'm not but I'm not myself. Right. And I am struggling. So I did take the Xanax. I'll be honest, it wasn't a great feeling. I think for me, first of all, you want a quick fix because you want to stop this switch in your brain that you don't know what happened and how it how it happened. So you're like anything to stop that switch. And unfortunately for me, there was just no awareness. There was like yeah. no,
0: I couldn't. That's what we're getting back to. But thank God the support of you friends you had um, but even is even, there something you did with change of your diet, yeah, with so your I, lifestyle. A lot, yeah.
1: So it definitely um definitely more self-care. I, I had to learn. I'm a very I'm a I'm a type A personality. There's nothing I don't do. I don't ask for help. I I had to really learn to say I can't do this.
0: Which is a big message to moms because I'm sure that many of moms that are sitting and listening to this are saying, I can so much identify with that. I'm just perfect, mom. I know how to do everything, and how come I can't? And if I can't, there is something wrong with me. So, understanding the self-care and understanding that no one is perfect, and so are moms. We are not supposed to be perfect. Right.
1: We're not supposed to. Be. And I and, and I can. That is a yeah. very,
0: very strong message. Don't expect to be perfect.
1: Take. The don't mo-
0: demand from yourself to be perfect. Take it as it
1: comes. Don't have any. I don't want to say don't have any expectations. But learn that you're just a human and you're going through something that is... Treat yourself kindly with grace and, and with, kindly. with And, kindness. and kindness. allow yourself the ability to say, I'm just not up to it. I can't. I don't know if at that time, I I think I was going through Do this... Do you life, see now that you have self-love? Then I think then I was going through this maze of like of like, you know, you go into these like haunted houses and you just everywhere you walk is like a window of your su- a mirror and you just can't. That's what I felt like then. You just don't know which ends up. I think self-love was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I knew at that point, like what, like to have it. Like I was just literally trying to get through the days, the moments. And is it something you learned within years? so It's definitely something I've, I've learned. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something, like I said, I really have amazing friends. um It's definitely something I'm still learning. I think it's a work in progress. I think we all have to learn it. I think it's that. Especially moms. Yeah, especially moms. Yeah. We give our, our look, we're moms. We give. That's our, that's how we're bred. We're born to give to yeah. others and take care of our kids, put our kids' needs first, you know, before ourselves. And I think maybe in a perfect world, that's great. But I don't, I think we come to a point in life where after we've been through something like this, where we can't, like we have to. Yeah,
0: self-love the is major because it's, it's, it's. You know, it seems like, OK, I'm going to love myself. Yeah. Am I selfish? Of course you're not. But also what some moms don't realize is that when you have the self-love, you really can love others more, including your children. And everything starts with self. Yeah. It all starts with self. So we cannot ignore that part. I think us. that's
1: the be- I think that's the key thing. And actually, someone said that to me about four years ago when I was still my baby was about, you know, he was four and I was, again, seven years later, I'm still not the same. I, my anxiety is still, yeah. so, you know. So
0: we're going to, we're going to talk about it, but it's a strong message out there to the world yeah. that it could also not just go away on its own. I like, I, like yeah. many we dream, including me, but that's not always the case. And it, were there other things going on at the same time, that you feel that they were also contributing to the situation? So obviously,
1: so it was, so my third baby, this baby was born out of a second marriage. So you obviously have the stresses of a newer marriage. Um, I took on a stepdaughter who, um, unfortunately, um, three years ago, um, was diagnosed with cancer. Um, She was, you know, that's for itself is is, um, aside from all the kids, all of my kids, my husband's daughter from the beginning, they all had their issues, meaning their learning issues, their behavior issues. So it's not it was it wasn't a, okay. just get married, bring this baby into the world. And that's where it started. It was a full plate. Even before that, every kid had their challenge. Every kid had their things that they needed. You had your plate full. I had my plate full. So to bring this on and I was navigating and I was navigating it well. And then this comes and it literally drops you to a place that you don't know where to go. Because this
0: hormonal change came came along with it. So which means you were able to, to navigate so much in your life before and you're the same person. But with the hormonal change and the trauma to your body, and to your, you mind, know, to your and to your mind and everything else along. So you, the same Amanda, did not have any more the strength you had before, because it's nothing that changed with the kids. Ex- just added on right. But Unfortunately, your daughter yeah. got cancer, which is a big, a big trauma for itself. But when she got cancer, you're already not in that good place. So. Everything takes just, so
1: much more. Every life event I find, and again, this is just my own personal take and story for me, takes so much more out of me. You know, as before, I used to be able to bounce back and recover. Okay, I had two hours sleep, and I can recover, and I'm good. Now, no, I I, I can't. I don't recover from it.
0: Yeah, you need more to be here for yourself, which is also a learning experience for you to see that us as moms, we're not always the same and ch- and age makes a difference and experiences in life makes a difference. And we have to just navigate those as they come, because I hear a lot of times from moms saying, well, I used to be able to do this yeah. and I used to so it's not about what we were used to. It's about what is it that's going on right yes. now. And living in the now and living in the moment is something crucial so for well-being. So I think well-being. that for
1: me was my biggest. I think you just hit it with that for me. is like my the hardest thing for me and something I'm still learning is living in the now. Like each day is just a day. Each event is an event. I'm going to take it. Some, as
0: it comes. As
1: it comes. Even going to bed at night. Like some nights I sleep great. And some nights I cannot. I, I just can't. And must well say, like, what's wrong? Why I, I I can't. It's not like, okay, just turn over and go back to sleep in your mind. No, it is like it's a struggle. I can't explain it. And I cry sometimes because I'm like, it's such a personal struggle. And it's like you can't understand unless you literally have had that flick, that that switch flicked. You can't understand it. It's so beyond you. And even now, seven years later, I still struggle with my health issues, finding the the right hormonal balance. I am off, and I say I say to, I walk into doctors. I'm like, I'm off. There's still something not right with me. I'm still. We still haven't figured out this. We're gonna help
0: you. We're gonna help you to get back to yourself and to the audience. I think there are some major. Um, you know lessons to be taken from here about the the whole discussion we had first the importance of knowing that a, a place like sparks exists i'm so grateful to reach out yeah. for help to reach out to the right help
1: and don't be and ashamed to, if you feel that something might be wrong even yes. if it's nothing even if you feel like it may not be the biggest thing make a phone call better to say it's nothing absolutely
0: than- it can never hurt It's about living in the now. It's about the self-love. I think there are a lot of things we covered. And I'm going to give you, Amanda, the last word. What's the message that you would want to say other than what we already told the audience? Something new that we want to give them the understanding, the hope?
1: There is a light uh, at
0: the end of the tunnel.
1: I could say that even though I'm not 100% myself, Mm -hmm. I feel hugely better. Mm -hmm. Um, Take care of yourself understand that this is something that affects your whole family. Um find your why so to speak like and just love yourself and know that I don't know there's so many messages I want to give but just don't have don't be so hard on yourself. yeah Don't be hard. Everything will be okay. Everything will be good. Just take it every minute, take it every it day. Will be okay. Allow yourself that time to Whatever word you want to put on it, grieve, not be yourself. Whatever you need to do, allow yourself those moments. Yeah, and And I would
0: just add on that it's never too late to reach out for help. No, so moms remember that it's never too late.
1: Look, I'm seven years out, and I'm grateful. It happened then. Never too late. I'm seven years out, and I'm grateful for any help now that I could even just get back to a fragment of what I was before my baby. You know. that's very
0: that's very strong and, and, and brave of you to come out and speak here oh. and to really say the truth the way it is. I am not back to myself, but I want to. And I do everything I would do. And I am doing anything in order to get back to that place. And you will. And I'm sure that your message you. is going to be inspiring and it's going to be some... Good medicine and hope to many other moms. I hope so. So, thank you so much, Amanda, for being here today. Thank you.